I don't know about you, but when I get discouraged, I really need to hear stories of people overcoming serious obstacles. I mean, when we're down, we are tempted to think this is the worst. We can mope and we can complain and we can whine. But there's just something about hearing from other people who have overcome big stuff. And we've got a guest for you today who has overcome some incredible things to do some really incredible things. Our guest today, Kiana Clay, I met a while ago and was just taken in by her story. She is unbelievable. She is a pro motocross rider, I guess. She is a pro surfer, a pro snowboarder. She also skateboards and oh yeah, she was in an accident early in her life and she functions basically with one arm. You can see these pictures on Instagram. It's incredible of her doing what she's designed to do. She's a Paralympic athlete and a hopeful for the next Paralympic Games for the US. She has some incredible things that are happening in her life. But what I really love is her take on faith, her take on those obstacles that she's gone through. And she's still in chronic pain each day. And yet she battles through that. She's at the top of her game. She is an adrenaline junkie. She's doing some incredible things. So you'll love this conversation with Kiana. And I think it will be deeply encouraging for you. Also, we air a lot of these episodes over on the Right Side Up community. Sometimes you get some exclusive content over there. We've got questions. We're going to be giving away some free tools over on the Right Side Up community. I know Facebook is rough sometimes. However, this is a safe, protected community where we are asking real questions for real people in this real challenging moment of life and leadership. So please go on over there to the Right Side Up community, become part of that. And we have some exciting new things coming up. We're going to be giving away for free. We want to just remind you that we are about you living and leading healthy. What is health? It is you living and leading as you are designed to lead, not copying off of somebody else's paper, not trying to become the image of something else or some leader that magically lives up in the ether that you've seen and that you've read their books. No, we want you to be you. And to do that, you have to figure out what is the life that I am designed to live? What is the leadership space I am designed to be in? And so we want to invite you into that uncovering work. And we often do that through coaching. We have a team of almost 20 coaches across the country, and we want to help you clarify how you're designed to live and lead. What am I supposed to do in this big world? What is fulfilling work for me? Should I transition from one thing to the next thing? How do I process the last season and head into the next with momentum. And we've got coaches who can help you. Here's great news, guys. We have a free breakthrough coaching session with one of our coaches. We can break through some area of your life and leadership. You may be stuck or struggling or want to get over the next obstacle. We want to help you clarify so you can take your next steps so you can live the life that God designed you to live. Go on over to stayforth.com and you can click on our coaches tab, or that's just stayforth.com backslash coaching. And you can take a look at our coaching options. We would love for you to schedule a free breakthrough session today. Now on to my interview with all around amazing adrenaline athlete, Kiana Clay. Kiana, welcome to Right Side Up Leadership Podcast and to our community. Thank you. You do a lot of stuff. So here's the question when you're going around and everybody says their profession, what do you actually say there? Um, I just say multi-professional athlete. All right. Dig in. Tell us more about the multi-professional piece of that. 
Yeah. So um, I'm a professional snowboarder and I also do a lot of surfing, skateboarding and motocross racing. Um, I'm the first adoptive female ever to compete in motocross. So uh, no other adoptive females before me have gone into the industry that I've luckily there. I've been able to recruit a lot more adoptive women into the industry. So that's been really cool. Um, but yeah, it's multi-professional. I do all types of sports. So, <laughs> wow. All right. So you got to take us back. Like when did this start when you were a kid going, I love adrenaline. Uh, I want to get on stuff and go fast. Like how take this back as far as you can remember as a kid to when this desire, maybe even obsession with adrenaline started. Yeah. So, uh, really it started from literally my very first memory as a kid, I was sitting on a swing and my dad was pushing me and we were in one of our uh, houses in California because I'm originally from Southern California. And I remember I looked at my dad and I was like, I want to go higher. I want to go faster. And he's like, uh, are you sure? And I was like, yes. And so he kept pushing me higher and higher and faster and faster. And I just couldn't get enough of it. I just wanted more speed and more height and more adrenaline. I like, like I got hooked on the feeling of just being on the edge of, I'm scared, but I know that I'm still safe. Um, and so I just got totally hooked on that. So from there, uh, I got on my skateboard and rollerblades and bicycles and everything that I could possibly find speed on. And I just tried going as fast as I possibly could um, and scaring my mom the majority <laughs> of the time. So um, that was that, that's what uh, that's pretty much where it really started. And then when I was uh, about seven years old, my dad was like, oh, she loves speed. She loves adrenaline. I want to encourage her in this because my dad's always been really good at finding what I like and what my little sister likes and really feeding into that and just encouraging us in what we want to do. Um, so he ended up getting me a dirt bike and it was a PW80. And my mom was like, um, no. And my dad was like, yes. So <laughs> um, my dad got me my PW80 and uh, right when I started feeling the throttle and put my leg over that bike, I was instantly hooked. Um, I remember riding around. I was like, how can anybody fall on this thing? Like, how can, how do people crash? Like, that makes no sense to me. And then I kid you not, like two minutes later, I had a pretty big crash. I went over the handlebars. So, um, yeah, but ever since then, even going over the handlebars, I was like, I am hooked on this. I want to keep doing it. So, um, so yeah, I've just been doing it ever since. Wow. So I'm a parent and I know that feeling and my wife and I literally have had those kind of conversations with our kids about adrenaline and speed and Hey, what about this? So I'm like kind of in that moment uh, right there. Now, when did you realize that you had a special gift that you're like, man, I may be able to go pro with this. I may be able to influence and impact people. Do you remember what age that was? Um, Probably when I was around 11 years old, I was like in the, I was in the thick of my racing. Um, and I got, I was like, I was like one of the top in the nation, even against boys. I just had a natural desire to just want to go as fast as I could. And I really loved racing with the boys because they actually made me more of an aggressive rider. So they, they really shaped me and helped me become a better racer. And my dad, uh, so basically I would miss about three days of school a week. Um, Monday, I wouldn't be there because I'd be recovering from racing. 
Thursday I would leave early and then Friday I wouldn't be there. So I remember my teacher actually going to my parents and being like, hey, like your daughter's education is really important. And my dad looked at the teacher and was like, have you ever been so good at something and so passionate about something? And I guess her response was no. And he was like, okay, well, that's my daughter and I'm going to support her in this, like even if we had to homeschool her. So um, it was definitely around that time of around the age of 11 where I was like, I could definitely be a professional at this. I have talent. Um, I'm doing the absolute best uh, that I can and I'm doing really well at it. So my whole goal was to actually turn professional at 16. As crazy as it sounds, but in motocross, that's actually the age that you turn pro is 16, usually 15 or 16 years old. So right when you get your driver's license, you're also becoming a professional motocross racer. So it's, it's funny. It's really interesting. Wow. That's wild. So what age were you when you went pro? Um, so actually my accident happened when I was 12 years old. So I was racing at, um, Freestone County Raceway in um, Wortham, Texas. And, uh, it was a super, super muddy day. Um, that track is notorious for just constant rain pour beforehand. So, um, I got on the track and I saw that people were blowing their motors and getting stuck and stuff like that. So I went over the finish line jump after my practice and my back tire slid out. And when my back tire slid out, I had, uh, another competitor literally right behind me. And whenever the flyer pulled the flag out, he didn't have enough time to see me crash. And so he had, he didn't have time to respond whatsoever. So he went right over the jump as I was laying down and his front wheel went right over my neck and broke my neck and ripped the nerves out of my spinal cord. And so I blacked out and I tried moving everything, <clears throat> tried feeling everything. And then I realized that I couldn't move or feel my arm. So I started freaking out and screaming, I can't move my arm, I can't move my arm. And that was instantly when a paramedic came over and he put a neck brace around my neck and rushed me to um, the hospital. And I had to go to three different hospitals until I finally landed in Children's Medical Center in Dallas, where they diagnosed me with brachial plexus injury, which for people that don't know, brachial plexus is very, um, it's what happens whenever a doctor pulls a baby out of the womb, but the arm gets stretched or the neck gets stretched. So it's usually like a stretching of the nerves, but because of the damage, that's why they diagnosed me with brachial plexus is because it was a certain nerves that they damaged. Um, and so I was going through recovery, started to get some bicep muscle back, a lot of physical therapy. And then a few months after me and my dad got hit by a drunk driver and we flipped uh, a few times in our, in our lifted truck that we had, that we were in. And so all the bicep muscle I was getting back, I instantly lost. So <laughs> I felt really defeated in that moment. Um, I remember going to my sixth grade teacher and I was like, I'm pretty sure someone's out to kill me or something. Cause like, this is weird. And then all that, but then a few months later, my mom ended up giving birth to my little sister. So then I was no longer an only child. And then I was 12 years old. So I was going through, you know, young adult puberty changes and actually starting to embrace being a girl and like, Oh, makeup and hair and all the, you know, girl stuff. And so, um, it was, it was a lot of changes all at once. Um, and it's just a really weird concept to wake up one morning and go to the track and go to a race and be like, all right, this race is going to be awesome. Being a fully able individual and then going home to only having 
to having one less of a limb. So it was, it was, it was really weird. It was a really strange time. It was a lot of changes. Um, and so I was, I was off the bike for seven years and didn't do anything adrenaline wise. My parents were super, super against it. Um, so in high school, I tried out for everything like basketball, tennis, cross country, track, even cheerleading. I, me personally, I hate cheerleading, but I tried yeah. it anyways, cause I was trying to figure out, all right, what's going to make me happy. Um, because my identity was always found in motocross. I was always the dirt bike girl. I was always the motor girl like that. That was me and that. And I, I loved that cause that was just who I was. Um, and so trying to figure out, all right, where can I find happiness? Um, where can I find fulfillment at was really, really hard. And mind that I did grow up in a Christian home. So it, it wasn't anything from a non-believer standpoint of trying to find my identity. It was just, all right, God, what's your plan for me? Because you took away everything. Um, so it, it was it was hard. But I, as I look back now, I, I grew a lot. Um, but, you know, fast forward, I, I go to college. I attended Dallas Baptist University and I was 18. And I was still hanging out at the tracks, still supporting my friends and close in the community because I did genuinely love them. Um, and so still being in the community was was uh, was really tempting in some ways. And so, uh, you know, became 18 years old and I was like, all right, well, you know, legally, my parents can't hold me back from anything anymore. Legally, Sweet. I like that. So, um, yeah. so uh, I went to the track and my buddy Connor was like, hey, what if we rig up a pit bike? Just something for you to ride around the pits and for you to just have some fun on, like just get your legs back on the bike and everything. And just for fun, no intentions of racing or anything, just something to ride around the pits. And I was like, yeah, totally. Let's do it. And so we ended up breaking up a pit bike and just switching the throttle over. And with pit bikes, you don't have a clutch or anything like that. You just dry shift. So it, it worked out really well. All we had to change was just the throttle on the pit bike. Turns out that I got on the bike and I was like, oh, oh, yes. It was like something like fired, like something like sparked in me where I was just instantly hooked again. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this. And so I started riding around getting the feel for the throttle being on the other side and going backwards, which is really weird. And I got on a little pit bike track, started getting the feel for corners, started getting the feel for jumps. And then I was like, you know, there's a bigger track over there. And so I went onto the big track where there's like two fifties and four fifties and people like throwing whips and like just hauling butt. Right. And so I got on there on this little baby pit bike. That's like only like a four speed, not a whole lot of power whatsoever. And I just started ripping around and I kid you not, I think I went through like three gallons of gas that day. I didn't get off the bike at all. The only time yeah. I got off the bike or stopped the bike was just to refuel for, to get more fuel. And so whenever I got back on the bike, there was just something inside me that was like, this is for you. Like, this is you. Mm. And so I just stuck with it. Um, and this was also around the time that, you know, parents were getting on Facebook to be like, oh, well, my kids are on it. So I'm going to get on it. So my parents were getting on Facebook and stuff. And there was a photographer out that day that took photos and he took a picture of me and he posted it on my Facebook wall and was like, this chick was out here ripping all day. And it was so cool to see. And I was like, I, 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 I got it now. So, uh -oh. <laughs> so, uh, cause I knew that they were going to see it. So I had to sit my parents down and just, you know, 
as gracious and loving as and calmly as possible. It's like, hey, I'm doing this thing that you guys are really against. Nothing moral. I'm just out riding a dirt bike again. And my parents looked at me and they're like, are you crazy? And I was like, a little bit, yes, but that's okay. Um, I'm doing it safely. Um, I have a pit bike right now of my friends that I'm using. I don't plan on racing again. Um, but this is really where I find like I'm super, super happy. I really do feel fulfilled. And I really do think that I'm meant to do this. Like I just have this feeling in my stomach. And so my parents were like, okay, we don't support it, but you're an adult. You can do whatever you want to do. So my dad um, actually went to a few of the tracks with me. And my dad, again, he's the one that like, got me into moto and stuff. So he knows more about bikes than I think I ever will. But he watched me have this little pit bike on the, on the bigger tracks with all these bigger riders. And he was like, you know, if you're going to do this, I know that you're a determined person. Like once you have your mindset on something, you get tunnel vision. Like you don't take your mind off of it and you, you go through with it. So I want to make sure that if you were to get hurt again, I can say as a dad that I did everything that I could to set you up for safety. So my dad ended up going half and half on my 150, which is a bigger bike and helped me get like all the top of the line gear, like the safest of the safest, most improved technology, helmets, everything. So my dad ended up being supportive on it. And he was like, but you just can't race. I was like, okay. And so a few about, I would say probably about like six or six or about six months after, um, there was a, there was a small race at Village Creek and um, it was it was a night race and I felt really comfortable on the track and I knew all the people that were signed up on the race and I know their riding styles. So I felt safe. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do this this one thing. And then so I ended up doing the race. And then once again, picture was taken, posted on Facebook. So I had to go tell my dad. I was like, hey, just so you know, I did a race. No big deal. Totally fine. I got top 10. No big deal. Totally fine. And my dad looked at me and he was like, I knew you were going to do that. And so, <laughs> um, and so it, it, it was, it's cool because then I ended up getting my dad back into racing dirt bikes, but then he had a really bad accident. And so he doesn't ride anymore uh, uh, now, but, um, but yeah, it's just cool. Cause I go to, I go to races and my dad is there uh, behind the gate with me and, helping me like with fuel and being like my little pit stop guy. So it's cool. Cause it's, uh, it's really helped, uh, continue to grow our relationship. So it's just really cool. You know, like as a daughter, being able to talk to your dad about something that you're both interested, especially if it's motors or whatever. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's been a really interesting journey. Um, oh. but what's crazy is that there was this race called, uh, um, motorsport adapted championship. There's never been a girl that's ever raced it before. And so I went ahead and just took it upon myself. I was like, I'm going to go ahead and race this thing. And so I raced and I was racing against all these other disabled guys, guys that are in wheelchairs and upper limb and lower limb, all different types of disabilities. And through that, I met this gentleman named Mike Schultz and um, super awesome guy. Absolutely loved his family. And he had a little girl. Her name's Ellie. And uh, that's my little sister's name. So we just connected on all these cool ways. And my dad and him like hung out and stuff. And he was like, hey, do you snowboard? And I was like, um, not in a really long time. I mean, I kind of grew up snowboarding a little bit, but lost it around like six years old because we ended up moving. 
moving. And he was like, awesome. Well, there's this place called Adaptive Action Sports in Copper, Colorado at Copper Mountain. Um, you know, the the uh, Daniel Gale and Amy Purdy are the ones that run it and operate and all that, but it's for adaptive people. You should go check them out. So I did this little vacation of snowboarding and reached out to them, met up with them. And whenever I got there, they were like, oh, well, you know, there's an awesome opportunity for you to be the first upper limb female to represent the United States at the Paralympic Games. And you can even try and create a class in the Paralympics to create a future for more upper limb females because it is a growing sport. And me being all into adrenaline and stuff, I was like, yes. (laughs) So not a whole lot of thought there. Um, But during that time in my life, I had a really great business job and I was uh, still going to college and I was seriously dating someone. So all my life was in Texas. And so I was like, yeah, I'll, 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 you know, try and come back to it when I have time. But like, I'm on the path of life right now. Um, And then about four years ago, all of that fell apart. I lost my job. The person I thought I was going to marry, we ended up breaking up. Um, my, my parents ended up splitting up. Um, so just a lot of different things ended up happening. Um, and I lost my photography business cause my truck got broken into and all my camera equipment got stolen. Wow. And so I got to this place where I was wow. actually homeless for a little bit. Um, and I was like, you know what? I need a vacation. I need a break. Way too many things are happening in my life where I just need to have some fun right now. And so I ended up coming to Colorado and, um, my, my now coaches, Daniel Gale and Amy Purdy were like, this offer still stands. You should totally commit to this. And I looked at them and I was like, I'm down. And so I haven't left Colorado since, um, because I was just in that place where I was like, I got nothing going on. I actually don't have a place to live at the moment. So yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. So, um, so I've been full throttle in snowboarding ever since. And it's really cool to see a bunch of things unfolding. So I'm now getting into skateboarding and I've gotten more into surfing. So it's really cool because I I have like this total faith and this belief and just this, this soul comforting feeling that I am where I'm meant to be, especially with the way that doors have been opening. Um, I'm assuming that you've heard of Burton snowboards, right? Uh, I've heard of Burton once or twice. I actually ride a Burton, so yes. <laughs> oh, sick. Awesome. Um, so I'm actually the first adaptive athlete ever, male and female, to get signed with Burton. And so it's awesome because I'm talking to them about, you know, making gear more accessible for people, not only with disabilities, but people who are older that have like carpal tunnel or arthritis. Like, how can we make gear easier and more accessible? So it's awesome because not only did I sign with them and I'm sponsored and supported by them, but I'm also out trying to make gear more accessible for everybody to be able to snowboard and to get outside and to have fun. Um, so it, so just like that, it's just really cool doors that have just opened honestly, miraculously just fell into my lap and I'm like, okay, this is a God thing for sure. Mm, Wow. Incredible. I love any kind of board you're, you're on it. You want to go fast. The adrenaline flowing through your veins, Kiana, uh, the first time we met, mm-hmm. um, you said, this is just part of my testimony. This is the influence that God has given me. Mm-hmm. So just as we close, share just a couple of those opportunities and how God has used some of the barriers that you've overcome to impact and inspire other people. Yeah, of course. So 
me losing my arm is truly my testimony. Kind of like what I said earlier, I grew up in a Christian home. I knew God. I knew Jesus. I knew scripture. I went to Awana's, um, VBS, whole shebang. <clears throat> um, but have you, heard, have you read the book, um, fan, uh, a fan versus a follower by Kyle Eidelman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was, I was a fan of God. I would, but I wasn't a follower. I didn't know God. I didn't know his character. And so, losing my arm I got to really know God through that because he took away a limb and I thought I had this whole plan figured out so I'm I'm not gonna lie like I had a I had a period where I was like God why me uh do you even love me like how can you say that you're an all merciful and healing God but you're still leaving me with a paralyzed arm that leaves me in constant pain 24 seven because I have neuropathy really bad so like I have blackouts and times and pain attacks and stuff like that, where I can't function. I'm just stuck in bed. Um, and so I, I wrestled a lot with God for that. And he graciously and lovingly was like, this is my way of constantly daily reminding you that you have to rely on me and you have to be thankful for what you have rather than what you don't have. You don't have an arm, but you have this awesome future planned. And I didn't know what that future was. So just really, truly having my faith in God, especially during the time where I didn't even have a place to live and just having these things fall in my lap. I've seen God God show up in more ways because of trials than if everything was all good. If like me and my ex were still together and my parents were still together and I had my job and everything was like all picture perfect. But through the trials, I've seen God even more. So I'm actually grateful that I lost my arm and that I go through trials and I go through temptations and I have doubts and I have those conversations with God because it's grown my faith to such an insane high level that I never experienced before. And it's really awesome to kind of sit back and and look at myself today versus even just last year of just how much my faith has grown. Um, And just how much stronger my relationship is with God, because I've gotten to the place where I'm like, if I have food, if I have clothes and I have a place to live, I don't care about anything else. Mm. Like, I'm completely good. I'm completely under the sovereignty of the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. He's going to take care of me. And so it's just really cool, um, especially being able to share my testimony in a very, very, very secular industries of action sports, because aside from motocross, everything's all about women and drinking and partying mm-hmm. and just, you know, getting bought into that lie and that deceit. So it's really cool. I've been able to have awesome conversations with people all around the world through snowboarding and connect with people and really just show God's grace and love through my own story. Wow. Well, Kiana, uh, I just want to encourage you that you're right where you need to be. I'm so inspired also <laughs> by your dad, and I'm just reminded to lean in to see those things in my own kids. Um, as you guys are watching and listening, um, I would even go back, maybe share this with somebody, especially who's into adrenaline sports. And I just think we forget about the pain. We forget about the struggle. I know you now face pain every single day. And even just the challenges that you have overcome, you continue to, you're an inspiration. God has you exactly where he needs you. Kiana, keep up the great work. Thank you. Wow, guys. Incredible. 
She is an incredible leader who believes that so much of her testimony is around the influence that she has. She's got a huge following and it continues to grow. She's in all kinds of spaces, taking all kinds of risks. And I don't want you guys to miss the fact that she's still in pain every single day. It's not like she had an incident or two happen to her growing up. She's had many seasons of pain and she continues to battle through the pain, but she has an amazing influence. She sees a lot of her adaptive challenges to be her testimony. Friends, what's the pain in your life that God wants to redeem? What is the pain in your life that God wants to redeem? Perhaps you don't need to be over that pain to let that pain be used by God in some influential way. Too many of us think when we finally get to the next precipice, we get over the hill, we don't feel any more pain when there's no more struggle. Guys, we'll be waiting for decades to realize that life will never be perfect for that. And if anything I take away from this interview, it's take the risk now. It is worth it even amidst the pain, the the struggle, the discouragement, the distractions, whatever you are facing right now, right now is the moment. Kiana, thank you for your words. Guys, thanks for listening. Again, if this was helpful to you, if you know somebody who enjoys adrenaline sports, a motocross or surfing or snowboarding, send this along to them. If you know somebody who's discouraged, go ahead and drop down And you can text this to a friend, text them this link, send it to them, put it on your Facebook wall. We want to get more life-changing messages out to people because we are crazy enough to believe you can live and lead as God designed you. You can lead for the long haul without burning your bridges down, without burning your relationships down, without burning out or flaming out in the process. We love you guys. We want to continue to bring you high quality episodes that speak right to where you're at. And this was another good one. Guys, we'll catch you on the next episode. We ain't focused so long.